Hello and welcome to another episode of the Morphin Law Podcast. I'm your host, Harry Clark. This episode features the owner and director of CEL Solicitors, Jessica Hampson, who went from working within other law firms to eventually starting her own. We discuss her journey into making that decision, her career advice for law students that are yet to enter the profession, as well as her thoughts on management and leadership more generally. Let's get into today's episode. So, hi Jessica, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. No, fantastic. So I know you're very busy running your own law firm, which of course we're here to talk about today. And I appreciate you taking the time out to uh, to speak with us and to, to share an insight into something that I think not a lot of junior lawyers and law students have really kind of known much about, which is starting their own law firm, which is obviously quite a sort of dreamlike, exciting thing to think about really when you're just starting yeah. to uh, join the profession. Well, I, I hope by the end of this podcast, it will be on everyone's dream wall um, <laughs> that they have their own sort of aspirations to open their own law firms as well. Absolutely. And hopefully we'll uh, give some great advice on that today as well. So sure. um, I know you've started your own firm, CEO Solicitors, and um, you've been obviously really active up in Liverpool in the northeast, but uh, northwest, sorry. But for those who um, haven't met you or haven't heard of CEO before, what was your sort of background um, into the profession and why did you sort of originally want to join the world of law? Yeah, well, I think it started right at the beginning in the playground, as many of us advocates will know. <laughs> um, okay. I don't, well, you're quite young, so I'm not sure if you're familiar with Jerry Springer. Oh, like, yeah. It was a big show oh, yeah. <laughs> at the time when I was in the playground, so I'm 31, so I'm going back um, quite a few years. And everyone used to call me Jesse Springer because I'd always be the mediator <laughs> of the playground. And then okay. people would say, oh, you'd make a good lawyer. And I think my mum came from a generation where um, she just wanted her child to do better than she did. I'm the mm. first in my family to go to university. Mm. I am from a council estate background. And it was a lawyer or a doctor. I didn't really like blood, so lawyer it was. <laughs> um, so that's how I sort of got a flavour. And I just think doing a law degree, whether you know you pursue a career in law or not, it will open doors. It's a really good um, degree to take and you can always fall back on that as well so I, w- I went down that route um, and definitely did never thought that I'd have my own firm mm. um, and I think it was a lack of because at CEL solicitors we do things really differently mm. to your traditional law firms and um, we're very 21st century. I've just been talking to you. We've got, you know, we're getting a Prosecco tap this month. We've got a Livermore. We've got a Think Swing. Um, we've got an amphitheatre. It's very, very Google. Um, wow. We listen to everyone's voices from Gen Z all the way up. Mm. Um, so my background legally was really top 50 law firms. Um, I always wanted to work in small small firms, small family firms and for yeah. whatever reason and um, I just always found myself in top 50 law firms and I really didn't fit in and I really saw that there was a niche in the market for something that I'm doing now and um, where it is just a modern law firm taking it in from this dusty old traditional law firm into the 21st century yeah. um, and incorporating everything that people want now because what I found was people don't just want money to be a lawyer, 
they'll want an, a range of things. So it might be more flexible hours. It might be just a nice place to work. It may be promotion. It may be opportunity. It may be the areas that we do and um, where you actually help people. It's all different. So I think with social media, with everything that's happened in the last 10 years, more firms have to sort of catch up and, and capture the market as well. So it was a lack of places that made me want to open my own place. I say this all the time. If there was a law firm like CEL, I'd probably be working mm. for them. But there wasn't, so I had to create my own. So that's where it come to um, creating CEL solicitors. Yeah, that's really interesting. So if anything, it wasn't a single moment of, oh yeah, you know what, I'm going to go out and start my own firm. It was kind of a slow burner realisation that, you know, something within the profession wasn't sitting right for you. And instead of saying, I'm going to search for something myself, I'm going to make it. Was that sort of your process behind that? It was, yes, it was. And I think, um, you know, mental health is a buzzword that everyone's using, but we do use it here authentically. And I think Mm. my mental health was really suffering. Mm. And I'm not generalising because I have friends that work still in these top 50 law firms, the top 50 for a reason. They're, you know, they're amazing at what they do, but it isn't for everyone. And I think Mm. with certain professions like the law, you know, your mental health can suffer. It is a place where burnout happens. Mm. I had my baby the first year that I opened the firm and I know that if I worked for somebody else, I wouldn't have the opportunities as to be mm. my own boss with my own sort of flexible hours. So I just was in a bad place with um, work. I was working um, 12 hours coming in on a Saturday and doing filing. I was trying my hardest to get a training contract. I was doing things like yourself outside of work hours as well, trying to promote the business that I was working with. Mm. So that all can take its toll when you just want to qualify as a solicitor. You just want, and um, you've worked all your life to do it and, you know, the industry or whatever company you don't fit in, you know, or there's, hundreds of the people that are vying for the job it mm. can just create an atmosphere that isn't really nice so actually I took a year out of the law and mm. um, because it just really felt like I needed it and I think it was that reflection of there must be a better way or there must be a different way mm. that's where um, CEL solicitors was born. No, that's a really interesting perspective and in how you kind of shaped what it was that you wanted to get out of the profession because I think you're absolutely right mental health is certainly one of the things that's sadly a commonality across many many lawyers and um, given the nature of the work and I think the fact that you've able to kind of try to address that in your own way by taking a new approach to the firm that you're working in is absolutely fantastic um, so when, when it came to kind of making that decision and, and considering how I'm going to go about making the law work for me and, and make an environment that I want to work in was it something that was really kind of discussed at university or something that you kind of just self-realized throughout going through practice or yeah, where was your I sort mean, of guidance my guidance there was well my mom always had her own business so right. I saw firsthand what it's like to have your own business because I think first and foremost I always used to think oh why doesn't everyone do it why doesn't everyone set up their own <laughs> law firm or business yeah let me tell you Harry I totally know why and um, because it's just the risks um, it's the constant decision making and people are risk averse, people don't want to make decisions all the time and you literally have to make decisions about everything every minute of the day, mm. it's all the sacrifices that you have to make, I mean 
you have to get into it for something other than money. I went mm. into it for passion. I mm. didn't even take a salary the first two years of my mm. law firm. And wow. So it definitely isn't money of why you should set up um, your own firm. And going back to your original question of what shaped that, um, I've got to obviously mention my husband who works in CEL with me, alongside me, and has been absolutely instrumental in helping me set up this firm. Mm. So um, he started his own, he was a trailblazer in himself. He set up his own firm when he was 27. Wow, that's um, early. I know, it was a, it, honestly, he's an, he's an amazing solicitor. I'm not just saying this because I'm his wife. <laughs> <laughs> um, sort of am too. Um, but he was a trailblazer and he sort of worked for two of the firms that I, I've worked for in Liverpool. And he was like, I, I just can do it myself. So he set up his own firm when he was 27. It did really well. At one point, they had cornered 15% of the entire market. Wow. For personal injury, and um, he was recognised at number ten for his charitable foundation that he set up, and he was also debated in Parliament because he was very disruptive with the industry, which a lot of lawyers didn't like because he had, you know, the loud, catchy sort of mm. adverts, and and yeah. um, he just sort of put his own spin on the law and was quite disruptive. Which can be quite fun, and you know, every now and then, an industry does need a disruptor. So I've definitely learned a lot of him about what I'm doing in CEL and how I'm disrupting the market at the moment. Mm. And then um, we, so I've known him for ten years, but we didn't always go out. And then I went out with somebody else who also set up the firm. I don't know what it is with me and lawyers, don't ask me. And <laughs> um, I watched him set up his own firm. And then in the end, I was like, oh, I can do this too. <laughs> Very naively. Um, but you can. And what I want to get across to um, your audience, particularly because they're young, don't let anyone say that you can't do it. Don't mm. think that you have to be 60 to be a partner. You don't you create your own sort of boundaries, create your own sort of dreams. Don't let anyone ever say that you can't do it because all my life people said, No, you can't, you're not good enough to be a solicitor. And um, my when I was 17, my history teacher and um, saw that I was going to study law and applying to university, and she said, You're not good enough to do mm. it, don't do it. Mm. So you just have to believe in yourself, and if you've got a dream, just go for it absolutely go for it and most people have dreams they just don't act on it and they just don't follow it through and you just have your own sort of I don't know belief mm. belief yeah, in no. yourself and that's passion. fascinating and I can I can I can tell just by how you you talk to me and that you can you clearly had a support network for that as well and kind of people to kind of um get inspiration off when it came to you starting your own firm and, and kind of learning from them as well oh you can't do it solo <laughs> it's yeah. a lonely i mean you can't do any any sort of achievement is never just you it's always you know a team around you it's always somebody in the shadows i mean even just setting up this podcast literally sitting next to me is my pa ashley who's just <laughs> my rock i call her my work wife you know there's <laughs> always somebody else that's there and um, mm. to help you along the way
talking about that day one then, so, you know, going from the world of working for a firm and within a firm to that kind of first initial day where you say, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to sell my own firm. What was that like? What were the sort of um, challenges in that first day, that first week, that first month? It was, it was so freeing and just to not be answerable to anybody, not to have all that red tape to be able to do it yourself. Mm. I started off in a tiny office you couldn't swing a cat in it I used to bring the dog into work with me um but then on the other hand you know you've got to be humble because mm. you can't afford an admin you can't afford a cleaner so you're cleaning the offices yourself mm. and you know you're licking your own stance yourself you're lugging everything to the post office mm. I remember um I couldn't even pop out to get lunch or go to the toilet because what the phone rang it was just me <laughs> so it was me and the dog answering the phone and um, and now three years on i've just signed a 10-year lease eight thousand mm. square foot and um, 37 staff and counting and um, so you know it's 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 been a journey but at the beginning it was on one hand freeing and on the other hand, suffocating because mm. it's, it's it's sort of all on you. And I think once you start getting staff, it's really scary because you're like, whoa, it's not just about me anymore. Mm. It's about this person paying the bill and believing in me. And, you know, it's there's been times where I've you know, put my own, all my own money and all my own savings into the company as well. And mm. um, so it can be really scary but I think if you go into it for the right reasons mm. you know our values and our vision at CEL is we believe people with passion can change the world and mm. I really do feel like we help people on a day-to-day basis mm. and whenever you've got a tough decision or you know you, you're making a you're taking a risk or you're making a tough decision you've got to fall back on that reason and it's got to be a solid reason why you've mm. set up the firm and as I said don't think that's setting up the firm you're going to be a millionaire overnight because as I said I did not take a salary for two years yeah so it's got to be something else that motivates you and it's got to be something else that drives you for when you're having a bad day or your dark days that's what sees you grow absolutely and I guess what's really interesting as well is if you go from that environment of like you said answering to others and working in a firm to literally standing in the room with the dog receptionist and kind of having to grow it yourself yeah in some ways you're, you're really distancing yourself from the practice of law and you're kind of asking yourself to pick up all these you know administrative skills that you need these entrepreneurial ones of running the business how did you kind of go from you know practicing as a lawyer to growing a firm from that first day to building it to where you are now three years on it just it just comes slowly and I think at first it's a really slow burn you know you start off with one member of staff and mm. then you know finally you're making a little bit of money you settle in the cases you can afford the luxury of a secretary or mm. you know admin staff and you just you slowly slowly grow and your role totally grows as well and I think it's really humbling to come from somewhere that has such a clear hierarchy and ladder to somewhere where it's you know a small firm so everyone's just got to pitch in but actually Mm. it's a really nice culture that you know I make people cups of tea no Mm. one you know our offices are all open plan no one has um 
their own office, everyone sort of in it together. And I love that culture. And that wasn't something that I've been exposed to, but really mm. enjoyed. So as we've grown, I've kept that culture by doing certain things like having an open plan office and, you know, trying to get rid of the egos and things like that. So as a, as my role's grown, I've gone from file handling, because I had to, because it was yeah. the only person, yeah. to now more of a management role. Um, and I don't have files in my name anymore. So I, I do things like I'm the complaints officer. I'll sign mm. off um, certain letters. I'll do a bit of everything still, a bit of business development. I've got, I've just hired a business development manager. But mm. I think it's really important. Actually, the best thing that ever happened to me was not going walking into somewhere that has, you know, 10, 20 staff already, starting from the bottom up. So I can appreciate everyone's job because I think sometimes when you don't practice um, that particular area or do that particular job every day you can sort of forget how hard it is or Mm. you know how rewarding it is or you sort of forget all the things to do with it so it's really good to always keep a hand in it's really good to um, have done everybody's job so you have that understanding about Mm. how the office runs and how it works as well so it was a slow burn but now it's funny it's like it gets to a a turning point all of a sudden since we've moved into this office and Mm. we've done it all up to the dream office that I always wanted Mm. just you know I've had two interviews today we've hired three people two weeks ago and we're just growing and growing and then it, it just sort of snowballs and I remember saying to my husband I never want to get past 30 and 30 staffs and up. I think that's really, really big. And yeah. now I'm like, 300, we can do it. <laughs> you know, like 30 just seems small now in the yeah. office. And, and, you know, as your dreams grow, the business sort of grows as well and follows. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess that's a really teachable example of kind of having that adaptability and that flexibility and kind of keeping all your options open and reacting to things as they kind of open themselves up and happen to you um, and I loved the the kind of analogy you gave how saying I've, I've almost done everyone else's job who's currently working uh, for me because I've had to do it from the day one perspective yeah and you know how do you take that forward when it comes to growing the business and where you want it to be in say five ten years and you're looking to expand and and kind of try new areas and things like that how do you kind of go outside your comfort zone of things that you might have tried before as a manager and kind of lead lead that forward for the rest of the firm? Well, I love what you've just said there. You've said about operating outside your comfort zone and that's mm. something that we practice mm. and preach so much in this firm. It's all about operating outside of your comfort zone. I actually do motivational chats once mm. a week and sometimes I get keynote speakers in and one of them was just centred on operating outside your comfort zone and I, mm. I listened to a fantastic um, podcast I think it was called the Oxford Union you know where they do the sort of conferences oh, yeah. and yeah. it was um, the Wolf of Wall Street have a little listen to that that was fantastic that was all mm. about operating outside of your comfort zone and I think the best way to do it as a leader is to lead is for you to do it first. You can't mm. sit here and tell people you need to do this, that, and the other if you've never done it before or you're not willing to do it yourself. So mm. for me, I'd never spoken in front of large audiences other than, you know, maybe doing a few competitions. And 
I built the amphitheatre and I got up and I was nervous, just like doing this podcast. This is my second podcast. I'm a little bit nervous doing this. <laughs> You're doing great so far. Thank you. <laughs> um, it's, it, you know, I've never done a podcast before until last week. And it's, you mm. know, Richard Branson says, say yes to everything and then just figure it out, you know, <laughs> when you get, when you get to it. And I think you have to lead by example. Mm. So, um, at the moment, I, I'm making everybody on a Friday come up and take turns of talking about something that they're passionate about. It doesn't mm. necessarily have to do with law, but mm. just to get everybody operating out of the side of their comfort zone and doing public speaking, which you know is really transferable in the law because there's mm. going to be times you go to court, you're going to have to speak mm. to the defendant, the client. And um, so we're always open to new ideas. And I think it's, Half of it is having faith and half of it is taking a risk, but also it's knowing your stuff. We're specialists in civil litigation. I'll never do anything that doesn't fall under the umbrella of civil litigation because it's, you know, stick to what you know sort of thing. But also I make sure that I hire the best in the industry. So our brand new department is financial mis-selling. I'm never going to tell you that I'm an expert in financial mis-selling. But I've hired an expert in financial mis-selling mm. and I know the basics and I've vetted it and then sometimes it's just like, okay, it looks good on paper. I've got the right team. You just have to go for it. If it works, it works. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But you have to take these risks, albeit mm. the calculated. You've done your homework about um, whatever new area you go into. So we started off with housing disrepair. Mm-hmm. which will sound bananas because I opened this firm and I'd never done housing disrepair before. <laughs> um, so, you know, on paper, that shouldn't really work. But it was an area that had significant interest. My background had been personal injury, as we all know with personal injury. And um, the cuts just keep coming and coming. And I knew mm-hmm. there had to be another area of law. Housing's amazing because it's hourly rate. But also, I always pick areas where it means something to me. So mm. there's other areas I could go into that would make me money, but I'm just not interested in them. Mm. Housing disrepair really spoke to me because it's really helping people mm. make their houses into homes again. So, you mm. know, I can sleep at night because I know that everything, all the areas that I practice do really help consumers, do really help clients. And it all comes into our vision and our values. And I think for everybody thinking about starting up their own firm or just thinking about themselves or thinking about what firm they want to go and work in, have a look at the vision, have a look at the values. Is it aligned to your own vision and values? And then every time we look to set up a new department or get a new director, Anything that we do, I always take it back to the vision and values and make sure that it's all aligned. Even working with companies now, one of the best things that I ever learned was, you know what, I only going to work with people that I like. As silly as that sounds, I've turned away work where I know I'd make money from it, but I don't want to work with that person because, you know, either I don't like them or they're not aligned to um, my values. They're not the right fit for the company. And sometimes saying no to things and, and staying true to yourself. And as soon as CEL solicitors got an identity and we were like, right, we've arrived. This is who we are. Everything else fits into place. It was easy to recruit staff because we had an identity. It was easy to open up a department because we had this identity. It was e- easy to say yes and no to work 
because we had this identity. So that's a really good starting block. And I think you look at some firms and they've just got buzzwords. I mean, I saw one the other day, it's a top 50 firm, I won't name them, but one of their values was financial hygiene. Well, that just sounds yucky. Like, what does that even mean? (laughs) You know, so, but I don't know, for them it must work. So it's all about thinking about you and your fit with that company or your company. No, that's really interesting and and a really kind of great overview as to how you go about leading and kind of driving change. And um, I love the example you gave of getting people to kind of do public speaking because that's that's the perfect example of of someone saying do as I do rather than do as I say when it yeah. comes to actual leadership yeah. and kind of leading by example. So that's, oh, that's I get my eye wiped all the time. I went to call the other day with the client and it was really, really worthwhile. And I was yeah. like, right, that's it. I'm going to go to all the court appearances. And mm. then... Um, Dave, who's my proclaim developer, I was like, get me a report of all the um, case, all the cases that we have going to trial. He was like, yeah, no problem. And I've just seen now we've got like 10 this month. Some are in London, <laughs> some are in Wales, some are in Liverpool. And I was like, oh, be careful what you say. Yeah, maybe I'll look into cloning. So, um, yeah. you know, some things work, <laughs> some things don't. But I think if, if everyone around you sees your passion, contagious if everyone around you sees that you're leading if everyone around you sees that you be the first to volunteer then you find that that creates the culture for everybody else as well So a lot of this episode, we've talked a lot about kind of starting up your own law firm specifically, but I did kind of want to ask you a little bit about the just entrepreneurial side of things more generally. Yes. In that um, I think a lot of times law students and junior lawyers, um, your kind of legal career advice can be quite prescriptive in kind of telling you to go down a certain route with, I don't know, doing the LPC in a trading contract yeah. or kind of leading you down the solicitor or barrister route. Um, you know, what kind of advice would you give to law students who are listening to try and help them kind of create that that own legal career uh, in the the, the view yeah so I think the best advice would be the first and foremost you need to know yourself you need to Mm -hmm. really analyze yourself what are your strengths what are your weaknesses and you know I'd love to have been a barrister because I love the advocacy bit but I don't Mm -hmm. like everything else that comes with it Mm i.e all the reading and all the technical bits so Mm. definitely my advice would be you need to really have a good hard look at yourself and see what what is it that attracts you to that certain area so it's Mm. easy to start off maybe with what was your favorite subject that you took in law you know Mm -hmm. was it was it civil and was it family what attracted you to that and really go away and have a little meditate at what what was it that really got me going about that because you need to have passion and I think when you look at what firm you want Mm. do you want to work for a corporate firm or do you want to work for a smaller firm well that all depends on you there's pluses and minuses Mm. with both of those areas so it's all about what do you want rather than trying to fit yourself into um the law field at, at, at present and I think that's why I did what I did because it didn't fit into all, any of the pegs and I think mm. going back we said a law degree whatever you do with it it's a really good degree to have it'll open up a lot of doors 
with me personally, I did the period of recognised training. So that's all about doing things differently and not yeah. going down the traditional route. So for anyone who doesn't know, it's basically like a huge dissertation where you show the SRA, you can do the equivalent work of a solicitor. And it mm. usually does mean practising in certain areas. But I think today, more than ever, there's so many different routes to the mm. law. And I would say to everybody, go and get some work experience. I went and worked in a fantastic place called Merseyside Welfare Rights, which was like a drop-in centre, and I know they have them all over the country. Or yeah. you could be Citizens Advice Bureau, Samaritans, or actually work experience in an office. And that's where you're going to know firsthand, I like this, I don't like this. Go and work in a corporate, go and work in a family firm. Even if you think, oh, I might, a family firm isn't for me, Go and work in places where you think, oh, I can't stand that area of law. I didn't like property. I've opened a house and disrepair. <laughs> I, I echo that as well. <laughs> I must say. You know, I think a lot of things in practice are so different to, you know, your law, your law degree. I shouldn't really be saying this. You're not really on a practical basis going to use it. You don't quote law or cases mm. every day. Obviously, mm. it's a good foundation. But it's a million miles different to when you actually get up and go to work. Um, So just immerse yourself in as much of a complex variety of all different sorts of things and um, analyse and just sit down and and think what what does sort of make you tick and, and why do you like the law? Because... I definitely was sort of pushed into it a little bit by my parents. So that's why I didn't like and I didn't enjoy going to work or working for these big corporate firms. But actually, mm. I found something now where it's a family feel. I can put my own stamp on it. I do a lot of things that aren't legal based now, um, which mm. are like the managing side, the business development. Mm. Um, and I think people forget that law is, it's all about sales. We actually are selling a legal service. People totally forget about that. I think with law degrees and with the law, it's all about making lawyers and not business people. But actually, the law is a business as well. A law firm is a business. It does sell a legal service. So even if it's not just the law that attracts you, there's other areas that you can go into as well that still are under the umbrella of the law. So the world's your oyster. I think the world's your oyster. Don't Please don't think that there's just one route and that's it and you're stuck there forever and there's so many different routes especially now loads are opening it's not as traditional as it once was absolutely and that that really echoes something that I I tried to tell people as well is that going out and trying something and and figuring out you hating it isn't as bad a thing as people probably initially believe in that it saves you a lot of time and it probably informs what you do want to do later down the road as well. So um, absolutely. And just to quickly, before we uh, wrap up, I did want to ask you one more thing was, so regardless of where a law student ultimately ends up in their career, what do you think are kind of the key skills that it's really important for any kind of lawyer to have when it comes to practicing in the profession? Be a people person. Just being a people person, I think most of the skills, which are soft skills, aren't taught. And they're the skills that you need. They're life skills that you need. Being a people person, just getting on with your team, being a team player, being a people person, you know, having that rapport with the client, having a rapport with the barrister, having a rapport with the other side. 
So just immerse yourself with as many, you know, different people from all different walks of life um, that you can. It's definitely a huge thing, confidence. Just fake mm-hmm. it till you make it. <laughs> I know that it's really scary and I definitely had a bit of imposter syndrome um, and yeah. I, I, I still do have that from time to time. But, you know, you, you wouldn't know that. Just have confidence, self-confidence in what you do. Know that you can do it and go out and do it as well and sort of practice what you preach um, is, a, is a really good skill, which again is a soft skill, which isn't taught but you have to learn fast and one of the best thing best bits of advice that someone told me and it's really good is if your boss asks you to do anything even if you've got like loads of work just do that first i know that Mm. sounds really obvious but your boss is just going to be so happy and like Mm. half an hour later or end of the day turn around and say oh that's done and you'd be surprised how many people just sort of put that don't think it's important and put it to the bottom that always got me far um and just i think going back to what you're saying about operating outside of your comfort zone and going Mm. above and beyond and not being so hard on yourself this all comes with experience you know i've got over 10 years experience so it's easy for me to sit here and talk to you but i i need to remember how scary it is when you're just you know you're 21 and you're starting out because we've got a couple of 21 year olds and that have come straight from uni into this job and um you forget how sort of scary it is just be kind to each other help Mm. each other it doesn't have to be a rat race you know Mm. you're only in a you should only be in a race and a competition with yourself there is an abundance and if it's not the right firm for you and you're not getting a contract the training contract from that firm look house look elsewhere mm. there's other there's other firms mm. um, and I think what you're doing is amazing Harry where you're doing all these extra things you really utilise in LinkedIn you're doing your podcasts that's fun and it still comes mm. under the law doesn't it so yeah. you know there's all there's a there's an array of things social media is really important for law now and mm. um, so if you're always on social media you can actually use those transferable skills <laughs> as well and Absolutely. definitely from an employer point of view it's something that if you said you're really good at that that's something that i'd be really interested in because mm. we do blogs and things like that so and yeah. um, i just want to say really to all the young lawyers to be out there is you know it's not all an instagram world Mm. Um, it's not like suits when, <laughs> no. you get in, <laughs> when you get into the real world it can be hard so just be easy on yourself and understand that it's a journey you're not going to be partner overnight and it does take hard work it does take sacrifice and it does mm. take self-belief as well absolutely and that's such a lovely message to end uh, to end the show and say thanks so much for coming Thank on the show you. where can where can people go to learn more about yourself and uh, ceo yeah so it's www.celsolicitors.co.uk you can catch me on linkedin it's jessica hansen and we're on all social media to be honest so we're also um city center in liverpool i do do some mentoring and um, i'm always up for anyone to ask me questions or pop by for a coffee and um, or come to any of our keynote 
um, speeches as well because we have the amphitheatre. So pop in, really friendly law firm. <laughs> Sounds it, and I'll, I'll have to check out the Prosecco on oh, tap yes. sometime as well. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Harry. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the More From Law podcast. If you enjoyed the episode and want to support the show, please share it with your network and leave a review on the iTunes store. It's really appreciated. If you want to stay up to date on the show, follow and subscribe to the More From Law podcast on your podcast platform of choice or follow me on Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn at the profile Harry Clark Law. See you in the next episode.